SkillsUSA's podcast channel. SkillsUSA podcasts are a combination of interviews, speeches from our national conference, and content from other podcasts or radio broadcasts, which we've been given permission to share. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or visit SkillsUSA.org and search podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the World Skills Champions Trust Podcast. Today we are at the Skills USA National Leadership and Skills Conference in Louisville, Kentucky. We are joined by our special guest, Mr. Nick Pinchuk, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Snap-on Incorporated. Welcome, Nick. Glad to be here. Can you please tell us just a little bit about Snap-on, what you guys do for maybe our global audience that isn't aware of your brand? Sure. Sure. Snap-on is a company, although we do business in 130 countries around the world, and a significant piece of that is in Europe. So I think we do have a presence in Europe, particularly in the UK and places like Germany and so on. But if you, if you, if you want to know what Snap-on does, it started as a, as a hand tool company focused on automotive repair. And that's what most people think of us as, a, a type of company that has this fairly large array of hand tools, 70,000 different SKUs that solve almost any problem in an automotive repair garage, that ends up being 70% of our business. Uh, and, and that number now goes from not just wrenches, but all the way to software, which will tell you how to diagnose the car, and, and aligners, and car balancers, and tire changers, and so on. But also, we now are rolling the Snap-on brand out of the garage into other places like aviation, oil and gas, mining, education, uh, you know, wind and natural resources. Mm -hmm. And so the kind of tools and software which will help them accomplish repair tasks, in effect, critical tasks, is what we do. Snap-on's fundamental value-creating uh, uh, mechanism is to, we spend a lot of time in workplaces, we observe the work, and we figure out how to come up with a tool or a piece of software or a mechanism that will make that work easier. And the places where we do that are places where the mission is very critical. That is, the penalty for failure is high, like repairing a jet engine or repairing a car or worrying about an oil and gas platform. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things are places where it has to work right, it has to be repeatable and reliable, and that's where Snap-on has its business. Great. I think that gave us a good insight of what Snap-on does. So we know that Snap-on is also a large supporter of skills. We would really like to know why. What's the importance of skills to Snap-on? Well, I think it's this. I mean, I think skills is right down our mission. It's sort of like you talk at Snap-on, we talk a lot about who are we, who we are. And we are, first and foremost, the people of work and the people who power that work with applying a skill through one of our tools or one of our implements, a piece of software or, or a tool itself. And Skills USA seems to fit right, right in there because one of the things that's important for a business like ours is you actually have people who can deploy the skills in the workplaces of the world. And so to be close to them, to nurture them, to make sure that that population, those, that group of people who are capable of delivering the skills remains healthy and growing and meets the demands is essential for our business as well, as well as, I think, the developments of society. I mean, SkillsUSA says, says it right there. Doesn't, don't they say we hold that today's society has progressed to its current culture through the, um, through the hands and the minds of the worker. And you could also translate that into the skills of the worker. 
So we see that fitting us perfectly. Absolutely. So what advice would you have for a young person pursuing a skill? Well, I think, look, I think first and foremost, we've found that skills of all nature, of all kinds, from welding to machine programming, even to what we have here at, at, at cosmetology that we have here that isn't quite related to Snap-on, they add value to our society. They, 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 they create the substrate which makes our society what it is. You know, we say that, that look, uh, you know, the world we know, the way we move, the, where we live, the cities we raise, the energies we wield, the hopes we hold, and the dreams we dare are all shaped by work and enabled by skills. And so I would advise people that any number of skills can create a, a, a rewarding career, which will keep your family warm and safe and dry, but also will give you pride and dignity. So you ought to choose something you like doing. Because mm -hmm. doing something you don't like is, a, is kind of a very, very difficult path to follow. And there are so many numbers of skills that people will Will should like. I think. I think you just choose one. You stick to it. You keep advancing your skill, and I think you have a great life. That's my advice. Well said. What skills would you say are in demand to snap on? And is it difficult to find employees or people with skills? For snap on, uh, I think in general, I can speak certainly to the United States and also to our businesses outside the United States. There's a difference between snap on and, gen and in general. Snap-on, because of our brand name, is fairly well known across our markets. And so I think people like to work for Snap-on. They feel that they want to work for Snap-on. I'll, I'll, I'll walk around and I'll be, in, I'll be in, a, in a bank in New York and someone will come up to me and say, you know, my father had, was a car mechanic and his Snap-on tools was his most prized possession. He willed them to me. They're my, most, they're my most prized possession. You get people wearing our jackets all over the place in, in county fairs in the United States and drag races. So that tends to attract people. So we, we ourselves don't have a lot of trouble attracting people. And what we're looking for are welders and people who write software for machine tools and generally people who like the mechanical and they can apply it to anything they want to do. So we don't have much trouble doing that. But in general, in general though, clearly in the United States and I think a lot of other places, that's not the case. I mean, there's, there's in manufacturing alone, there are, I think, almost 400 jobs going begging now. In other words, we can't find places to fill them. And part of the reason is we're not educating enough people in technical careers. But there's one other thing that's, I think, very important to this. I can speak to America, and I think in some cases I can speak to some of the more developed countries. Sadly, people have viewed young people who enlist or enlist in careers that are technical and have, are, are associated with these skills. Some groups view them as having settled for the consolation prize of our society. In other words, if, if we're people who think about technical careers and skills, we have a PR problem. And yet, these careers, they, they in fact create jobs which are great, will keep your family warm and safe and dry and give you pride and dignity, but most people don't see it that way. So we need to keep, we need to keep I guess, advertising that and celebrating it. One of the things, I, I'll give you a statistic, I mean, it's, it, it, I think it has to do with skills. In the United States, when you ask people, 90% of the people will say, 
Manufacturing is crucial to the future of America, but only 30% will say they want their child to be in manufacturing. You see, the way they view it is this is what other people's kids do. They view what we do as consolation prizes. Yet these jobs will make you more in many cases than a four-year university degree without the cost. And you'll enjoy what you're doing and you will have pride and dignity because they do exist in the factories and the garages of the world. And so you can do this, but it, it's a matter of trying to sell that. We need to work on that. That's one of the reasons we love Skills USA and Skills in general, because they celebrate this. In a, I'm very familiar with the U.S. secondary school system, and at and, and the secondary level or the, the primary level, we will celebrate the mathematician or the great basketball player. We don't celebrate the great welder, but Skills USA does that, and it captures the imagination of, of young people, and that's exactly what we need. We need to transform the view that these careers, these careers rooted in the skills that we have, we need to transform that view of them. We need to make people realize that they're not a consolation prize, but they're like a calling that has generated the substrate that has made the society which we hold so dear. And that's something that skills does, and I think it's a responsibility of people like me to say that. So I think I can say you're definitely a great fan of skills. And I think I can also say that you see the demand of skills not only in the United States, but all over the world. Yes. Sure. I mean, this is, this is true everywhere in different proportions. You know, if you're in China, there isn't so much the consolation prize right now because people want to get jobs. It's a different view of the world. But I think in Europe, there is that view. Uh, and I think in America, it's, it's probably the, the, the most intense view. And so it needs the most PR activity in America. But you see, what I've said is pretty true everywhere little bit different from location to location and so on, but it generally it's true. And even in China, if, if it isn't there true today, it's gonna, we, we have to guard against the idea that it will be true, the idea of skills and technical careers being dismissed as consolation prize. We need to keep guarding against that. What can we do as a society to help promote skills and help solve this, this issue of the, the stigma around it? Well, I think there are two things. I think one, which I haven't mentioned, I think we have in the United States and Europe, Europe is better at this, I think, than the United States because they have the apprentice programs and so on. They're much better at this. But, but the United States, the technical schools don't always match the curriculum to what is needed in the workplace. So businessmen like me or other businessmen can get involved with partnerships with schools that will say, okay, let us help you shape the curriculum to impart to the young people the exact technical capabilities, like around diagnostics, like you, you know, and like you've learned in FCA and you know with, with 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 FCA and so on. That kind of thing is helpful. We we have an organization that's kind of a partner with Skills, called the National Coalition of Certification Centers. We have a number of manufacturers that are involved in this, and we have 450 schools that have adopted snap-on certifications or trained the air conditioning company certifications or Chrysler FCA certifications and really have testified that the curriculum followed by those schools match what, what's needed. And so that's an important thing. We would call it in colloquial American terms, calling in the airstrikes. You know, in other words, telling the, the, the educators exactly what's needed. That's an important thing. The other thing, though, I think, is to make sure that we speak in terms, to overcome the PR problem, I think we have to speak in terms of celebrating these jobs. 
of always recognizing how important they are, not allowing someone to assert that it's necess- that a college degree is necessary. Although a college degree is great, mm-hmm. it's not 100% necessary. You don't need it to be a welder. Now, you can be a welder. You can end up being a welder and go on and study Nietzsche and become a philosopher if you wish, but it helps you if you're going to be a welder. Like we, we see, for example... Me- this is a political statement, but I, I don't really mean it as a political statement. We will have politicians in the United States will say, it's terrible. Four-year college costs too much money. And it does. But inside their statement is, young people are saddled with this cost because they must have a four-year college. Well, inside that is the thing we don't like. They don't have to have four-year college. Two-year college or, or even on-the-job training is great. Somebody like Snap-on, for example, any bigger company can take a high school graduate and train them to what we want them to be. You know, so, so when I'm talking about schools, I'm really talking about this large group of mid-tier sized businesses. Somebody like Snap-on or GE or FCA can train their own, really, in a lot of ways. And so you're really talking about the big piece of the middle, the mid-tier operations. And to give you an idea how big that is, and there's, some, there's an organization called the National Association of Manufacturers. These people love technical, technically capable students. Well, there are 14,000 members, and all but 500 have less than 500 employees. You know, 75% of them can be classified as small operations. And so those are the people who need this help. And they're, and they're, they're in Europe or the United States, they are a principal engine of economic development. And so that's why we need to help those people, and that's why this is relevant, calling in the airstrikes, and also changing the PR system so that young people, when they think about careers, they start thinking about technical careers as a reasonable alternative. Instead of thinking they're going to go off four years and get a sociology degree, graduate with a huge amount of debt, and not really have a job anyway. Exactly. Right. We have 79 member countries within world skills. Yep. Do you think that this same model can be adapted to anywhere around the world, like that USA does, with addressing it, like you said, calling in the airstrikes? Well, I, look, I think that depends. I, I think what I talked about there is much more in response to the situation in America. Okay. For example, if you talk about Germany or Europe, they have a pretty robust apprentice program, which tends to be in itself focused on what's needed in the, in the workplace. And so I think it really depends nation by nation what the, what the instructional structure is and how you deal with that. I do think, though, in Europe and in the United States today, there can be a lot of work done to celebrate skills, which is why skills, which is the principal function of Skills USA, and I think that's, that's why it's so important. That model certainly can be used everywhere. The idea of calling the airstrikes, I think that gets adjusted depending on the national characteristic of the education system. Okay. So Snap-on has been involved with SkillsUSA for 30 years? More than that. More than I think that? 33. But okay. anyway, okay. Um, have you guys seen a, a shift in this goal or mission of SkillsUSA in that time of the promotion and making them more attractive? I don't know. I'm not that old, you know. <laughs> but, but I think gradually SkillsUSA is more attractive. I do believe, and I told Tim Lawrence this today, and I've told several people, I think SkillsUSA has an extraordinary contribution to make to our society. Skills in general have an extraordinary contribution to make to our society. And at least judging from its, its position in America, we could do a lot more to attract attention to what we do. 
for example, I, I don't understand why the president doesn't speak at the opening ceremony. Yeah. Not that Brad Kozlowski didn't do a good job. I spoke at the opening ceremony myself. It's a great, it's a great, it's great fun, you know. But 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 I don't I don't understand why the president of the United States would want to do that, or at least the vice president, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I think we could we could get more attention than we do, and we've been doing that. Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, for the first time ever, the Secretary of Education, uh, the cabinet member for education, is going to be here at a SkillsUSA event. I believe that's the first time in 54 years that there's ever been. So that's progress in itself. Small steps. We need more of that. Yep. Okay. So our last question, SkillsUSA is comprised of 79 countries all around the world, kind of like Snap-on. Do you think one day maybe we'll see Snap-on at a World Skills event? Well, I don't know why not. <laughs> I, 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 maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I suppose. I, 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 don't, I don't really think there's any barrier to that. I think we focus on the U.S. because, boy, you know, we have such an experience in this thing. Such and, a footprint. Yeah. I mean... I come here every year myself. Mm-hmm. I'm flying off to New York tonight. To, 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 I'm, I'm hopefully, I'm going to be on TV tomorrow, so I hope I can talk a little bit about skills. I can work it into the conversation. But I never fail to leave here encouraged. I never fail to leave here encouraged. And our people all, we must have 50 people here, and they all say the same thing. I brought a couple of, uh, of my staff with me just to, just to enco- encounter this or experience it. And they're walking away with their jaws open. Their mouths are open because they can't believe the enthusiasm, the capability, the, I guess, the behavior. Social of the, skills. The social skills. How do, how do these kids get these social skills? And so you feel as though, gee, if I just hired from this pool, I could hire forever. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have any. Uh, that's, that's really true. And I'm not exaggerating in any, in any way whatsoever. That's no exaggeration. There's no hyperbole in that whatsoever. You know, people come up to me and say, I just, had a, I just had a 10-year-old kid come up to me and say, gee, he wants to be a car mechanic. And he talked about how he had a few snap-on tools and was, was, was trying to put a, a small racer together in go-karts and trying to work on it. And it was, it was just his dream. Dreams and effort for doers is an important thing. Our society is based on that. Actually, our society, come back to it, we hold that society has reached its current culture through the hands and the minds of the worker and the skills they have employed in creating what we have. This is where it's on display. Well said, Nick. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us this afternoon. You've certainly been an inspiration to us and I'm sure the rest of our listeners. That concludes this episode. Be sure to stay tuned for another World Skills Champions Trust podcast next month.